The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at HeftyRenew.com. Get ready for comedy. Politics. The gay spin on the story was like, Queen Elizabeth fucking loves us. Pop culture. I'm not a sports fan. I don't follow this shit. ADD Jeff. Fuck you. I hate you. <laughs> Sexual harassment of celebrity guests. And you are always welcome in my apartment in New York City. And by my apartment, I mean my bed. <laughs> and poetry. Hotter than Vesuvius. More well endowed than the Mastodon. It's the Adam Sank Show on Derek and Romaine. 2.0. And for the next hour, you're in the ass. Oh, fuck yeah. And now, the one, the only, Adam Say! Bottom. Yes, we are here again, ladies and gentlemen, and undecided. Today is Sunday, July 23rd, 2017. We are live in the ass. I am here with ADD Jeff. Hello. With the beautiful Katie. With by sexy Lexi and the uh, strapping JB, who I have no doubt is quite well endowed. Uh, we are sitting in a studio that is literally 100 degrees. Uh, it's only 76 degrees outside in New York today, but it's very humid, and that makes it 100 degrees in here in this non-air conditioned studio. Uh, I'm shirtless. I have soaked my shirt in cold water and am using it as a sweat rag, and. Um, it's going to be a long hour, ladies and gentlemen, but we are... They're literally running a sweatshop here. They're running a sweatshop. Um, supposedly, Romaine has ordered a portable air conditioner for this room for the weekends when the building AC is off. It has not arrived yet. At that point, that's like the check's in the mail. Yeah. Uh, and I love Romaine, and I'm grateful for this radio show, but honestly, I, I, I think it's dangerous at this point for us to be here in this heat... Um, for this amount of time. But we'll see. We'll try to get through it. Um, we are live, which means you can call in at 844-TALK-DNR. Tweet about us using the hashtag ass. Um, we're starting a new feature called Ask Adam Anything. Was there an Ask Derek Anything at one point? Yeah, well, I'm stealing that. We're doing Ask Adam Anything. You can uh, you can either call and ask or you can email me at adam at adamsank.com. Um, and I will respond to you next week when we do the pre-recorded show. I will answer any question you have um, unless you ask me something I don't want to answer, in which case I'll just pass. But I'm pretty open. I'm pretty much an open book. Um, and we have a million things to talk about today, but the most exciting thing is that we have live in our studio, unless he melts from this heat, the one and only Keith Price, formerly of The Morning Jolt on SiriusXM, now of the podcast Curtain Call, and uh, many other projects going on around town. Um, I love Keith. I'm so excited that he's going to be here um, talking to us about everything that he's up to. And I know how much you guys love him because you've been going crazy on social media all week, um, expressing your excitement over his appearance. Jeffy, is there uh, somebody on the line already? There is. Go ahead. Call or you say what? Yes. Hi. It's Charles in Cornville, Arizona. Hi, Charles. How you doing, baby? I'm fine, thanks. Hey, I, I still want to know... 
uh, how did Scott H. end up in a bathtub in Million Dollar Listing NYC? Well, it's funny you should ask that because he's going to be our guest in studio next Sunday. And so oh. you can, I'm going to ask him all about that. My, my friend Scott Hernandez uh, appeared on Million Dollar Listing this past, um, whenever it airs, Thursday. And uh, yes, yeah. he was in a bathtub with his clothes yeah. on. Yes, <laughs> but the the uh, is he in the market for multi million dollar properties or uh, is he a broker? Well, we'll ask him that when he's on the air. Okay, gotcha. But, uh, I think I it's going to be. I a, can wait a week. I yeah, think it'll I be a fun a filled interview. Scott's always good to talk to. What's going on with you in uh, in Cornhole, Arizona? Yeah, it's 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 hot as blazes, but we get a monsoon rainstorm in the afternoon, and then usually my light, my my lights and my power go out. Anywhere from 30 minutes to five hours, but that's life in rural Arizona. Nice. But no, that was actually the main reason I wanted to call them was to let you know I am still listening. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and I Sometimes I feel like you're the week. only one, but it's wonderful to have you. Would have called in last week. Uh, oh, and I did, by the way, get your uh, CD. Yes, from, give us your uh, review of my comedy album, Adam Sank Live from the Stonewall Inn. It's, one, it's wonderful. Actually, it's wonderful, and now I've got it. I've got it uh, on my uh, smartphone too, Excellent. so I can listen to you anytime and show you off to my friends too. Thank you, Charles. So. Your sweetheart. Keep listening. Uh, we'll have Keith Price in just a little bit. Right. I'll tell Glenn you said hi. I please do tell my future husband Glenn Scarpelli that I uh, I sent yeah. him my love, <laughs> or at least your side piece. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Bye, okay. Charles. Wow. All right. Thanks, Adam. Bye. That was Charles in, in Cornhole. So um, my weekend started off in the shittiest possible way, you guys. I was detained by the police. For? And issued a $100 ticket for fare jumping on the subway. Did you? Yes, but with an Why? asterisk. The first and only time in my life I've ever done this. So in New York City, you guys, we have these Metro cards that you swipe. And I have a monthly Metro card where you can have unlimited rides as, you know, as long as it's within that month. And I get them from my day job. They're issued. Um, I mean, I pay for them, but then you get them through work and then they become tax free and whatever. So my Metro card, which I keep in my wallet at all times, had expired the day before and I had forgotten to swap it out for the new card. And I was going with my friend Ryan. This is the irony. I was going with Ryan to serenade old people. We were going down to SAGE, which is the senior center for LGBT people here in New York City. It's a wonderful organization, and a few times a year, members of the New York City Gay Men's Chorus, of which I'm a member, go down to SAGE, and we sing show tunes for them, just like 15 of us. We sing show tunes and pop songs, and we interact with them, and they love it, and it's, it, it's a wonderful thing to do. But um, we got to the subway station, and Ryan went through the... It wasn't a turnstile. It was one of those, like... How do you describe it, Jeff? The gated one? Yeah. Like the, it's, the tall door that's a bunch of bars that curve. Right. Almost like a, um, a revolving door without the glass. Right. And w there's no way. You can't purchase a Metro card there. You can't do anything but turn around and go back outside. Right. And we were in a rush. And it was also, I should add, about 100 degrees inside the subway platform, much so as it is. So you went in there nut to butt. So, so, no. So he went through, and then he opened the security gate on oh. the side and let me through, which people do a million times a day. And no one ever gets busted for it we walked all the way down to the subway platform we were about to get on our train and i hear this voice go excuse me sir and it's like a teenager 
wearing like a black NYPD t-shirt with a badge around his neck that looks plastic. And he's like, was there a reason why you, you jumped the fair? And I was like, yeah. Um, I said, we're actually going to sing for old people. It's in a volunteer. You were trying to get the sympathy. I was. And I said, I said, I have an unlimited Metro card. I just don't have the, the new one with me. And we, we were in a rush. And he said, please come with me. He took me a small distance up the staircase. We were still underground. And for literally 20 minutes, he wrote me a ticket. 20 minutes? Why does it take that long to write a ticket? He was the slowest moving person I've ever seen. And he was asking me like a thousand. He needed my weight, my height. He needed my driver's license. And the whole time, I don't know how much this is going to be for. Or if he's even going to ticket me. Because at first I thought maybe he's just checking to see if I'm like a habitual offender. And I'm not. I have no police record of any kind. So finally, he rips off the ticket and he says, "If if you send them a picture of your new Metro card with the serial number on it, they might waive the fee. And I said, well, what is the fee? And he goes, $100. I was so pissed. And, and I said to Ryan later, if I had been going out to do something really dirty, like if I were going out for a night of debauchery and that had happened to me, I would have been like, you know what? Serves me right. You know, God doesn't want me to do this. I was going to sing for old people. And I have to pay $100 now. No. I, listen, I would have told him, like, the whole point of doing this was because I'm in a hurry. If you want to get on the subway with me to write me the ticket, then fucking come on the subway with me to write me the ticket. Otherwise, arrest me. Yeah. Um, it, was, um, it was really, really unpleasant. But on to more pleasant topics. This, uh, this past week, an amazing thing happened. A, a, a weatherman over in Wales who works for the BBC, did a weather forecast in which he dropped about 50 references to RuPaul's Drag Race. He is a a very flamboyant gay weatherman. His name is Owen Wynn Evans. And if you missed this, I just wanted to play it for you guys because it's like one of the most delightful things that's happened in the past 100 years. Go ahead, Katie. The time has come for me to forecast for my life. (laughs) Now, listen, guys. I'm going to spill the tea, all right, and tell you that some of these clouds today are going to be throwing some serious shade, okay? So this weather front brought us some rain yesterday, which was great news for our Nina flowers in the garden, but I hope it didn't get Courtney Act in any downpours. So that weather front has indeed sashayed away now, though. So if you're off to Delta work today, or maybe you're having a beverage with Dame Edna Everage, it'll be rather or Raja Cloudy for some of us for a while. That's cool. I liked it. Oh, the, oh, you didn't do the whole thing. It keeps going. Is that is there more? Okay. Anyway, I think he's fucking awesome. The queens of RuPaul's Drag Race were freaking out on social media. RuPaul herself tweeted at him and told him that he had won a thousand dollar gift certificate to like Boobs Are Us or wow. some drag queen store, and uh, and made his day as well. I just thought that was very very clever. Um, you can watch the whole thing. It's on. It's all over the internet. Just Google like weatherman drag race, and you'll find it. Aren't all weatherman gay? Because wasn't there were that one a couple of years ago with the cockroach that came by? And- yeah, the one who was like, "Oh my god, oh my god. Yeah. it's still there. It's so big." Yeah, it's, ah! it, it is kind of weird how many gay weathermen there are. It's like a. It's it's almost like a field like like hairdressers or florists where gay men just gravitate to it. And I don't know what it is about weather, but Sam Champion. Uh, has been the weatherman in New York City since I was a kid and, and was on uh, Good Morning America for a while. And um, and that, uh, of course, he's as gay as a goose and very, very out. And this guy is practically on fire. Speaking of British people, 
we have to revisit the Andrew Garfield story because there is an update. If you'll recall, we had a discussion a few weeks ago about how the actor Andrew Garfield was starring in Angels in America in the West End and made some comments that uh, many LGBT people found offensive. Jeff and I had a long discussion about it on the air, and we decreed that it was not offensive, that nothing he said was the least bit offensive, and um, it, the whole thing was just a bullshit controversy. And I said at the time, he's going to have to apologize now for something he didn't even do. So here we go. Andrew Garfield clarifies his comments. He, uh, his comments were criticized by LGBTQ publications such as Attitude, which I've never heard of. Right. Um, where fans and critics said he was oversimplifying what it means to be gay. So responding to critics, Garfield told something called Newsbeat, quote, that's of course not what I meant at all. That discussion was about this play and how deeply grateful I am that I get to work on something so profound. It's a love letter to the LGBTQ community. We were talking about how do you prepare for something so important and so big, and I was basically saying I dive in as fully as I possibly can. It's important to a community that I feel so welcomed by. The intention in my comments was to speak to that, speak to my desire to play this part to the best of my ability, and fully immerse myself in a culture that I adore. I guess if you have to give an apology, that was the best one to give for that sort of situation. It's like yes. uh, apologetic non-apology. But it sucks that he had to apologize at all because he said nothing wrong, and it was such a tempest in a teapot. Right. Um, but speaking of Angels in America... Uh, it is being broadcast. The play itself is being filmed and broadcast live to movie theaters in two parts, because remember, it's a seven-part play, a seven-hour play, two-part play. Uh, The first part was already broadcast on July 20th, and the second one is July 27th. So if you want to see the second part, um, check your local listings. It might be coming to a theater near you, although depending on where you live in this country, maybe not. not. (laughs) <laughs> I wanted to go, and I actually had to be elsewhere. Uh, otherwise, I would have seen it. Um, but speaking of Tony Kushner, the playwright of Angels in America, he has announced that uh, plans. He, he's writing a play about Donald Trump. God, it's a horror story. He says, it feels very soon. The nightmare is in high gear. It certainly feels like folly that I or anyone else has a definitive understanding or comprehensive understanding of what's going on. Um. The play will focus not on the Trump presidency itself, but will be set two years before the election. If you've seen Angels in America, uh, one of the central characters is Roy Cohn, this self-hating gay lawyer who was a fixture in American culture from the 50s on. He was very much instrumental in the McCarthy hearings. He was uh, an aide to President Nixon um, and, and a real power player in New York City. And interestingly, he was one of Donald Trump's earliest mentors and advisors. Oh, goody. He was an absolutely horrible, vicious man who ultimately died of AIDS, um, although he never came out of the closet. And, and he's, so Angels in America deals with him, and this play is going to deal with Trump, and uh, it's going to be epic. It's going to be fucking epic. I suppose. Because if anyone can take on Trump, it's Tony Kushner. Nothing like an angry fag True. to take you down a few pegs. Bottom. That's right. I don't know that Tony Kushner's a bottom. I don't know. He's married to Mark Harris, who's a, a fabulous journalist, and uh, I don't know which one of them is the bottom. Maybe they switch off. That does happen. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, of uh, bottoms, Ann Coulter, uh, who's probably a top, was in the news this week. 
Ann Coulter, for those of you who don't know, is the Trump-supporting conservative political commentator who appears frequently on television and radio shows where she says awful things. Um, she was taking a flight this past week on Delta from New York to West Palm Beach, and she had pre-booked an emergency exit row that came with extra leg room. She's six feet tall, so she, she needed extra leg room. And that came with a $30 upcharge. upcharge excuse me. So when she boarded the flight, uh, the seat was already taken. I'm going to let Anne herself explain this to you. I'm to board, go to board, um, hand my ticket to the gate agent, 200 people in line behind me. She snatches it out of my hand, says, your seat has been changed, and hands me another little slip. I said, why? And she just said emergency. She may have meant emergency row, but she said emergency. So I'm really, I'm already depressed and annoyed. I walk onto the plane. I checked the night before my row was totally empty. And ha-ha, there it is, totally empty. So I took the seat I'd booked. And then it starts to fill up. Um, woman comes and stands there. And the stewardess comes and demands our, our, to see our tickets. And I tell the stewardess, this is the seat I pre-booked. I want this seat. They handed me another one as I was boarding. And I can see now because i can see who's trying to take my seat it's not an air marshal howie it's not an elderly person it isn't it isn't someone I, walking with a I cane know. Or i a saw her picture yeah <laughs> which is why picture i think her picture so they couldn't lie about it and coulter talking to howie carr right, was it, right wing radio host is hers is that voice not the most penis curdling pussy drying voice you've ever heard it, her voice makes me want to cut my penis off. I feel like... Shade. I, I Thank you, Derek. I feel about her the way I feel about Trump, which is that even if you somehow agree with her politics, how do you listen to her and watch her and go, yeah, right on, Anne. I love you. Like, she's a horrible person. Uh, anyway, she was talking to Howie Carr on, on some Newsmax radio. And by the way, it's Howie Carr is maybe the worst radio show in history because I went to look for this clip it's a, like a 15-minute long interview, and she doesn't start to tell the story until six minutes in. There's like six minutes of them just making stupid airplane jokes that are terribly unfunny. And the only reason you would ever listen is to hear her talk about what she did. So here's what she did. She gets on. She sees the, the seat is taken. And she starts taking pictures of the, peop- of the woman who took her seat. Who was? And is she inferring the woman was fat? Is that what we're getting at? Uh, I, didn't, I didn't get that. She doesn't look fat in the picture. But the, but the point is... That woman didn't do anything wrong. That woman was told by the, the stewardess, this is your seat. And she sat down. She, wasn't, she didn't say, like, I want Ann Coulter's seat, so fuck her. Like, they, the airline fucked up, okay? And they, they gave away Ann Coulter's seat. And, and it's still unclear as to why that happened. There may have been a glitch. But you don't shame the woman who did get sat there, who's an innocent bystander. So Coulter went on this social media tirade. She tweeted the photos. She tweeted, why are you taking me out of the extra room seat? I specifically booked Delta. Just when you think it's, uh, it's more like this. Just when you think it's safe to fly with them again, the worst airline in America is still Delta. So she goes on and on and on. And, and she had like, I don't know, a dozen tweets about this. Oh, I see it now. Now, some people might ask why Coulter who's a best-selling author and multi-millionaire, wouldn't just fly first class and avoid all of this hassle, right? And that's where Bianca Del Rio comes in. Oh, no. (laughs) Bianca decided to weigh in on the controversy, so she tweeted, Love you, Delta Airlines. Ann Coulter is a rotted cunt. (laughs) Hashtag miserable bitch. Hashtag too bad you are not a Diamond member. To which Coulter responded, 
quote, And of course, Bianca Del Rio is being very classy as always. Hate me as much as you can. To which Bianca responded, Yes, I am classy. First classy. Oh. Hashtag coach flying cunt. Hashtag back of the plane. Don't fuck with Bianca Del Rio, Anne. You may look like a drag queen, but you're not one. You don't have their wit or their edge or their quickness. So um, Anne was in the news, and uh, I hate when Ann Coulter's in the news. I love when Bianca Del Rio's in the news. So it uh, it balanced itself out. I don't know if any of you watched when Ann Coulter was um, part of the roast on Comedy Central. Does anyone remember? I don't remember who was being roasted. Yeah, I watched a piece of it, and I oh, who was it? It was like Justin Bieber. Maybe or Justin some Bieber. Shit. Yeah, and she was just savaged by everyone and didn't crack a smile. And then when she got up, her jokes were not funny. So not funny and so not roast jokes. They were just like anti-liberal Cribs, jokes. Right. Everything about her is the liberals are destroying the world. And So she was taking a picture of the woman because now that I look at the picture, the, the, the woman's a very small, tiny, skinny, non-six-foot person who really doesn't need the extra leg room. For whatever reason, whether she also booked the seat and it got double booked or whatever, it's a tiny Asian woman. Right, again, I'm not defending Delta. It does, Neither am I. It does sound like the airline fucked up, but, you know, you handle it like an adult and not like a, a, a four-year-old having a temper tantrum. And again, you don't bring in some innocent person who just got sat there. It was a tantrum for sure. It was, to me, that's like stalking behavior. And I feel like that person could, um, could sue. But I have to say, I, I might have thrown a tantrum too. Oh, I would have thrown a tantrum, but I'm also not in Coulter. And, uh, right, no one would have cared about my tantrum. Yeah, exactly. They would have been like, who the fuck cares? Um, another story that I saw this week that I, I... Now, this story has a questionable provenance. I'm not sure that it's 100% true, but according to uh, a website that I can't even find the name of, that's how obscure it is, a, 50 year, a 54-year-old man in Lexington, South Carolina, anonymously arranged to meet a prostitute online, right? And the prostitute showed up and it's his 54-year-old wife. <gasps> Stop it. Of 17 years. The website didn't identify the man, but apparently prior to leaving the family home last week, he informed his wife that he was, quote, going out drinking with work colleagues. They always use that excuse when they're going to fuck a hoe. And instead, he went to Lexington uh, to a Lexington motel and booked a prostitute using an online service. She advertised herself as an attractive 26-year-old. Wow. As with many of the photos on the site, the photo only showed her from the neck down, you know, just like Grinder and Scruff. Um, but the man is said to have liked what he saw, and he sent her a message to see if she was free later that night. She said she was. They arranged for a liaison at the motel. Uh, needless to say, the liaison did not go as planned when the attractive 26-year-old turned out to be the man's 48-year-old wife. Wow. She was furious to find her husband... <laughs> She was angry at him. Right. She was furious to find her husband in the motel room, although he was equally angry to learn his wife had been advertising her services on a prostitution website. To me, this is a beautiful story. It's like an O. Henry novel where they both got what they wanted. He wanted a whore and she is a whore. Um, according to the website, this is what I, what I find yeah. most interesting. The man may face charges because South Carolina has these very tough prostitution laws Um which uh, punished the man for soliciting sex for money, which I think is right. I think it's better to punish the, the Johns than the hoes. Um, but e apparently the law even encompasses sex with one's own spouse. 
You yep. cannot in South Carolina pay your wife for sex or you will be arrested. But don't you do that every day you're married? Thank I mean, you. I mean, I agree 100%. Um, I think most marriages, someone's paying for something, if you know what I'm saying. I want to find her picture. I'm looking. I know. Well, they don't identify either of them, so I don't think you're going to see the pictures. And then, honestly, I could not find a second source for this story. So it sounds to me like something that someone may have just made up. Um, the odds of someone going online looking for a hooker and having their own wife show up just seem like the odds of being struck by lightning ten times, you know. Oh, my, my sister is uh, texting me that my it parents are apparently listening to the, to the show. Oh, there's, there's photo, photos that I've just received of my parents in a reclining position with disgusted looks on their faces. Mom and Dad, if you're there, call in at 844-TALK-DNR. We want to hear from you. This is gay. It is so gay what's happening. Um, this has been a relatively clean show. I haven't discussed my own sex life yet. But um, but oh, it is sure time. It is sure to happen. And uh, in just a moment, the beautiful Keith Price is going to be here talking to us. So also call in if you want to talk to him. As always, you guys, when you call the show, you're not going to hear a person. You're just going to hear the show through your phone, and then all of a sudden you're going to be on the air. So don't hang up and don't lose faith. Jeff has got his hot little hand on the phone, and it is hot because, as we said earlier, it's, it's 100 degrees in here. It's a fucking sauna in here. I am shirtless. I am shoeless. I'm real trashy today, you guys. Um, all Just right. today? Je- well, <laughs> always, but particularly. Thank you. My parents don't know what that is, Katie. They don't know what a bottom is, and they don't, they don't need to know. And for the record. Ass open to the wind. Stick it in. Here I am. Well, Romaine just explained it very concisely. That is what a bottom is. For the record, Mom and Dad, I'm a versatile bottom. Oh, Jesus. You should be very... Wow, you just butched it up two notches because Mom and Dad are listening. Jesus Christ. Because I've never heard that versatility part before. I am extremely versatile. Otherwise, you and I would have had a little more fun. Oh, there's an update. (laughs) There's an update from my sister. Uh, My mother is trying to call in and my dad is asleep. My dad has fallen asleep to the sounds of me. Uh, what's wrong with the phones? How is she trying? I'm, I'm watching. The Mom, phone. it's eight four four talk DNR. She's probably hitting the wrong buttons. One eight four four. Yeah. Well, yeah. You have to dial <laughs> one first. I think they know that. They, they are alive. I, I'm just making sure. All right, you guys. It's time for us to move on to um, the highlight of today's show. And uh, I have to tell you, the the level of interest in having this person on the show is has been through the roof. Every time I've mentioned it on Facebook or Twitter this week, there's been like dozens and dozens of likes and comments and retweets and interactions people are freaking out um you know our uh, oh oh wait a second we have a call this could be my mother caller you say what go ahead caller call oh, i'm not your mother who is this <laughs> keith i have a question yeah what's your name dude keith where are you calling from keith houston hi keith from houston what's your question i know you're lonely mm-hmm and uh, since uh, Rent uh, Boy uh, closed down, mm-hmm. where can I go? Where can you go to find a, a, a hooker? Yeah. I don't actually, yeah. I, I'm not the person to ask. I've never actually paid for sex. I'm Jewish. Craigslist. I and, pay for uh, sex all the time. I refuse to pay for things that I can get for free. It's called a massage. Just go. Any, anybody advertising a massage or uh, that says not for sex but has a shirtless pick on scruff is totally a massage therapist that will <laughs> stick it in. So yeah. just Yeah, Keith, look in your local gay rag. There's usually personal ads with guys. Oh, um, we don't have those. Yeah. Where are you, where are you living? Um, 
Texas. Houston? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure in Houston, which is an enormous city, there are any, any number of, of sex clubs, bathhouses, uh, men's massage. Here in New York, we have these men's massage, um, what are they called? Studios. I, I, I make them come to me. Well, I don't there you go, go to them. Jeff is lazy. But, uh, but Keith, I, I, I wish you luck, I'm and I hope... Yeah. I'm trying to get your mom to uh, listen to you. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Bye, Keith. Next caller, please. please caller, you say what? Hello. Oh, it's my mother. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Phyllis Sank, her debut on the Adam Sank Show. Hi, Phyllis. I, 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 I don't even know where to begin. I started out feeling great sympathy for you and admiration uh, because of what happened at the subway turnstile. Yes. And what you were planning to do. And now, I mean, I, I'm kind of stunned by the things you're saying. In what sense? Well, I mean, all the sexual talk. Oh, and this is the G-rated version of the show. He yeah, told me fun. before he came in today, my mom is going to be listening. Tone it down. Yeah, this hasn't been uh, particularly dirty, Mom. We were talking about Ann Coulter and, and Andrew Garfield. Well, I like the, the Ann Coulter bit. I did. I just don't think you have to talk about yourself that much. Hmm. Well, that's you, you, you've been telling me that since I was in first grade. So of the rest of us. Don't worry. <laughs> Anyhow, I'm sorry you don't have air conditioning. I, can, I myself would be dying if I were you. I admire what you're doing. I love the people you're doing it with, and keep going. Thank you, Mommy. Okay. And, and just so you know, uh, our, our, we're about to talk to Keith Price, and he is, he is a very classy gentleman. He's not going to talk about anything sexual, as far as I know. Well, I don't care about sexual, but you're sexual, I care about. I see. So you can hear about other people's sex lives, just not your son's. Exactly. Like Ann Coulter's. Well, <laughs> the feeling is mutual, by the way. So. All right, All right, Mom, I love you. Thanks for calling. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. That was Bye. a trip. I, I actually got really nervous. Yeah, that was I can a, tell. Usually I don't even, I'm not nervous when I'm on the radio, but like that was weird hearing my mom's voice coming through my headphones. Anyway, for those of you who've heard me imitate my mom in my act, it's pretty good, right? Yes. Hello, it's me, Phyllis. I don't approve of this. All right, so it's time for our guest. You guys, you know him from uh, The Morning Jolt on Sirius XM, from his stand-up comedy, from his uh, fabulous podcast, Curtain Call, in which he gets to hang out with some Broadway stars and get the skinny on everything that's happening in theater. Sometimes he even gets to hang out with Broadway legends like Cheetah Rivera. Oh, we have no soundbite ready. It's coming. Hit it. Of you singing Pretty For You. Pretty yeah, For Me. Pretty For Me, yeah. That I now have been using literally when I want to stalk men online to tell them how much I love them. God, pretty <laughs> for me. He's pretty for me. All of the time. He's too pretty. Are you kidding? So for you to, to like now have this time, it's like, you, what's, what's coming next? Because I know you're not sitting around doing nothing. Oh, there, there are lots of things. We're going, we're going to London. And we're going to Italy, and I'm keep, I, you know, I just keep on trucking. Yes, just keep on trucking. I think the best advice you gave me last time we talked was, um, when God gives you gives it to you, you just gotta make it pop. That's it. And you're making it pop. Still. Keith Price with Cheetah Rivera, and joining us live in the studio is the one and only Keith Price. Oh my God! Come wow. on! Wow! Hello! 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 Ooh, it's hot up in here, y'all. How you doing? How are you? Sip a I'm so sorry about the heat, Keith. And you're like in a real shirt too. That's all right. I can I can I go down to. For radio. I have a I have a, a wife beater on, so oh. I can I can join the crowd and still feel like I'm I'm covering up. How, 
<laughs> oh, he's unbuttoning, ladies All and gentlemen. All the way down. Look at that. Look at that. Can people in the chat room see Keith? He just exposed oh, his hair. Oh, my chest. God. Oh. Look at that. Can All see? seven of them. <laughs> I see his hello. I see his breakfasts. My breakfasts, yes. I see all of it. My man titties. Keith, <laughs> you must know this. Did what, you know baby? that there that there's a, a beautiful football player who used to play for the Seahawks named Keith Price? Yes, I do. Oh, I didn't know. Every that. time I, I try to tag you on Facebook, it you tags Keith Price, the football player. Well, that's all right. I'm sure he doesn't mind, does he? He's a handsome, handsome He's man. He's gorgeous, actually. Have, has Keith Price ever met Keith Price? No, we've never reached out to each other. I think we need to keep the relationship as far apart as possible because now that I'm single, I won't know how to behave. Oh, <laughs> I think you need to get that. Now that I, you're single, help. Can you imagine... A football. I need a baller. I need a baller. That'd be good. And he is one. Yes. See, we're already talking about sex, and it's See? 30 seconds in. I, and you know what? I'm sorry, Miss Sank. I didn't go there. He started. <laughs> Phyllis just threw the radio out the window. Um, all right, Keith. There's all right, a million, talk to There's me. a million things I want to talk to you about. I know and you do, I feel darling. like... Um, there's a lot of people listening intently right I, now. And I don't know why. They, because they, we all want to talk shit about Larry Flick. Well, wow. There is that. I, here's what it is. Because A, people genuinely adore you. That's good to know. There's, That's really, really, it's really good to hear, actually. There's great love for you. And I also feel, based on what I've seen on social media, that there's great, um, there's a feeling of defensiveness about you where people feel like you were wronged. And they want to defend you and they want to like right whatever injustice oh. befell you, whether that's fair or not, whether whether that actually is the case, that, that is the that's the feeling. That's the feeling among people who you listen. I, I appreciate that. I so appreciate that. Now, there there are ways since this time that it would be great that some of that appreciation could kind of follow over in another way, but we could talk about that later. <laughs> right, like, how do you monetize how, that appreciation? Exactly, call Patreon, my Patreon page for Keith Price's Curtain Call so I can keep doing fabulous stuff. But that's, that's another, That's we'll talk about that in a second. But, you know, the, it's interesting. I, I never thought about it ultimately in the end. Now, it's been, what, 16 months, I guess, 17 months since the whole sh you know breakup happened. Um, and and one of the things that I had to walk away from is I recognize that one of the things in show business you have no control over this. And as insane as it sounds, that was show business. Yes. You know, and like one day you have a gig and one day you don't. I was very lucky because I had 10 years of a gig. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like the first radio job you get, the first thing you, you wind up getting to do, and it's it's a 10-year gig. I mean... I'm not mad at that at all, you know, but I have to say that I wish that things could have ended differently because I feel like in the end, a lot of the skills that I have acquired and I've learned and, and things that I've managed to, to use for myself now were things that I had capable, uh, I was very capable of doing. And there were lots of places where eventually I was not allowed to go beyond that express, you know, like once it was over, it was allegedly over, you know. Lexi, can you just grab me some wine, honey? I need, I need a glass <laughs> of wine for drink. this conversation. Uh -oh, she's getting she's not even listening see. to the show. Well, she's, she's like in her own hey, little She's world. editing. She's editing. Can I get she some white wine, please, sweetie pie? Um, <laughs> and a glass. <laughs> and a glass. Here, here's my cup. Thank you. I'm sorry. I just can't get up. Um, Keith, that yes. was one of the questions I had for you is, yeah. do you feel like your talents were fully utilized on Absolutely. the morning jolt? Um, I won't say that they were, no. I, I don't think they were. Um, but it's sort of like you also have to remember that 
the show is not mine. It wasn't my show. That's right. And so you have to bring what you're allowed to bring into the into the room when it's not your room. Right. Now, when given kind of like ADD, ADD Jeff feels about me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, and that's and you know what? But that's the nature of the dynamic. Right. You know what I'm saying? And you have to respect that. And so in terms of of do I feel that I was getting to do everything that I could possibly do? Absolutely not. But who really does? in most of the jobs that they're in. Nobody ever gets Not that. me. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I wish that I was able to get to do more, but at the same time, I also recognize that I walked into that being just a comedian. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I walked out being a comedian who now can do interviews with major celebrities, can edit his own information, can do his own booking, can do everything that I needed to do, do my own social media all of those skills that I wound up getting and learning to utilize in that experience of being in that job for 10 years is what's now serving me. Which, right. In a way, it was like you went to school while yeah, exactly. you were working. I ha- exactly. I, you know, the paying internship for the yeah. most part. But at the same time, I came in with a lot of really great things as well. You know, I had great experiences and great things to bring to the room as well. And sometimes it, it's needed and sometimes it wasn't. But ultimately, it wasn't my decision. And do so, you still speak to Lord Vol? I mean, Larry Flick. Well, we do not have a relationship of sorts. No, okay. no. Just um, but but uh, you know, it's sort of like I I came to this place. It was people are in your life for a season and a reason. Yeah. And I noticed that at some point the seasons are great, and other times the seasons weren't so great. But I think that that's true for everybody, right? It is. It's only fair. It is. You know, there there is this sense, as I said, among people who were fans of yours and fans of the of the show mm-hmm. that you and other people at OutQ were stabbed in the back were sabotaged were undermined well it, is how much of that is is true and how much of that is just sort of the listeners fantasy that, that well, they've there's, created there's, there's a lot of listener fantasy that's involved in a lot of the stories that you hear about everything that happens there I right mean, you know it's it's that that way but you know in terms of being stabbed in the back, you know, I guess stabbed in the back is when you show up for work and they take your job away. Right. That feels like being stabbed in the back. I showed up for work and I was told that I had a choice. I could stay and, you know, be professional, which is what I did because in the end, I wasn't leaving because of anything that I had done. Right. So there was no reason for me to be like, well, fuck this, I'm going to just step, you know, I haven't done anything wrong. I'm, you're just making decisions that are based upon whatever decisions they are. If that becomes about the fact that there may or may not be enough money being generated, because again, remember this is show business. Yes. And so in the world of show business, people need to be able to, to make some coin. Mm -hmm. And if people feel like they're not making it based upon the work that's being presented, then they have the right to make that choice. Right. Um, I felt like I was I was done very well in terms of being able to have had time to like spend a week getting my own things together because that was a luxury that lots of people did not get. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? A lot of people that were in that the throes of being let go in different even in the different apartments outside of OutQ, it was the same thing for them like they showed up, one day they came in and they were gone. And like you know, that to me would have been more painful. Yeah. than how it all went down because I feel like I went into this whole experience. I went into it completely open. I went into it um, completely willing to 
uh, utilize my skills and my talents to be as productive and be as positive and be as fun because that's what I want to do. Right. I was able to do a lot of that. So it just, I think being able to walk out kind of on my own makes the whole experience not be so negative. You know what I mean? Did they give you the option of staying and, and working in an off-air position? Well, no, actually. I was applying for other off-air positions and was not hired. See, that's what kills me. That, because you know. I feel like 10 years at a company, and on the one hand, you're right, 10 years is a phenomenal run Absolutely. for anyone at any job. I've never been at any job for 10 years except yeah. stand-up comedy where... You know, I work for myself, and sometimes I make drink tickets. You know? <laughs> exactly. Um, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm here all week. But uh, but yeah. But on the other hand, you would think they would say, "Well, here you are, a dedicated employee. You know, showed up every morning at what would you have to be there at six a.m., five thirty a.m., six o'clock. You know, did the best you could with what you were handed. Was was obviously extremely popular with the listeners you would think they would say oh we can't find a place on air for you well first of all they should have found a place on air for you but if they couldn't do that you know here's a researcher job here's a producer job here's something else but i think part of it is because i i feel that people never saw me in that role as a producer as an assistant producer you know but what people didn't realize and I guess maybe that was my own fault for not being like, oh, look at me. This is all the other stuff I'm doing. You can see me to do this. Look at me. I can edit this. Look, I'm doing my own RW right. edition. You know, I, I, I could have probably have gone that route, too. But I don't know how that would have served me either. Because right. then you look like a real pain in the ass going, everybody, look at me. Look at me. Look at what I can do. Woo! And, you know, there's 65 other people that can do exactly what you're doing. So how special are you? Yeah, you're that's not. a fine line, I feel like, in yeah. any job. You have, to, you have to let your bosses know that when you're right. working and, and what you're doing. And on the other hand, you can't be that pain in the ass who's like in their face. Yeah, but then sometimes the people who are the pains in the asses are the ones that get stuff. Squeaky wheel gets the grease is what sometimes I always say. Sometimes they do. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and on the other side, look at you trying to be, I see you, Adam. <laughs> right, look at the twinkle in his eye. The <laughs> next question forming just, already. I can see it, honey. Shady bitch. But, but you know, the, the thing is, is that I have walked away with A, my dignity, yes. which is the most important thing. B, I did not walk away and burn any bridges with anybody. Like yes. I didn't, you know, because the day that I had the meeting with the woman in HR and my boss, that could have been the moment that I could have showed out. And it didn't happen to, in my head until after I walked out because I knew it was coming, you know, like you just know the meeting is going to be this. Yes. And I walked in and I just thought about it. I was like, I should have just went in there and went, oh, Lord, please don't take my job. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. I should have done that. Yes. And just watch the faces because because I mean, you know. Your, your other producer here knows who I'm talking about. Her face would have, she wouldn't have known what to do if I had done that. And like, had given like a full tier production. Yes. They would have not known what to do because they never see me that way. They always see me. What did, what did she say to you that day? Who? When you, when you walked into the meeting, HR. the HR lady. Oh my God. Oof. Oof. All right. So I was told the night before that I was supposed to have a meeting with my programming director that morning. At 11.30. And those of you who listen to the show know the show was, it's off at 11. And so I thought about it and I thought about it. I was like, okay, this does not sound good. So then I walked past her office at about 11.15 and I said, hey, if you want to do the meeting now, we can just totally do it now because I'm like, right here. And she looked at me and she was like, I'm not ready. You should come back at 11.30. And I was just like, fuck. 
like, all right, yeah. here we go. I know what's about to happen. And then yeah. you walk into the room, and then now it's like your boss and the person from HR, and they're just both looking at you, hoping to God that you're not going to just lose your shit. Like, I mean, if I had gone in there and just been like, what? You right. gonna do what? And it's just all flipping tables like right. Teresa from fucking the Housewives <laughs> and shit. They would not, again, would not have known what to do. And so I think that it was just the calm nature of them saying what was happening, which I knew was going to happen. And it was her face watching me not react because I just, I wouldn't react. I just was like, mm-hmm. Well, you know, Phyllis Sank, who just called in a little while yes. ago, one of the rules she taught me growing up was that your two most important days at work are your first day and your last day. Right. And she has said to me a million times, do not burn your bridge. I don't always follow that advice, but I try because it's true. You don't know where your next job is coming from. You don't know. Telling. Hello. (laughs) Even in in stand-up comedy. Patreon page. That's what I'm saying. Keith Price. I always tell young comics, don't. Don't get in fights with other comics because mm-hmm. the person that you the person that you piss off could be the one person that holds the key to your career. And mm. you don't know. You never know. You don't the thing is is that that's the lesson that I've had. I'm so glad that I learned way way early, which was to generally just for the most part be a nice human being. Yes. Like, you know, some days you're going to catch me and it ain't going to be cute. I'll admit, you know, I'll have everyone's allowed to have a day a or, meltdown two. or two. But I generally never try to do that in front of people. And I never try to do that. Even when I would find myself getting annoyed with people, although the other day I I was doing something, I just finally had to tell the person, listen, the way we're communicating right now is annoying the hell out of me. And I can't continue to communicate with you like this. I'm going to walk away now. And that was like... Was that through a text message? No, it was right (laughs) in that person's face. And they were like looking at me like, what? And I was like, no. But that's not being mean. That's being honest. But that's being honest because I know me well enough to know that if we continue to escalate like this, I'm not going to hold back. And once the bitch in me gets out. It's out. Because you know, nice nice people are nice until you piss them off. That's right. And once you piss them off, it's hard to get them unpissed. Yeah. And so... Yeah. It's funny. I think of myself as such a nice person, but then I always find out later that so many people hate me and think I'm a total dick. And 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 it's there's a real disconnect there because in my mind I'm trying so hard to be to be kind and to be polite. Mm-hmm. The problem is I have no filter <laughs> and it's very hard for me to pretend that you're not pissing me off or that I, you know, that I don't dislike you when I actually do. But see, I think that's also being a comedian. You can't help yourself. Like, that's part of the, the being a comic. I think to me, the best comedians that I've seen are the people that are the most honest. That's right. You know, and so when you're, especially if you're going to tell your own story as part of your comedy, right. like I try to do, because that's much easier to remember. But right? like, you know, but when you're in that place, it's like it has to be truthful or people are not going to buy in. They're not going to zone in. And they don't care. Well, speaking of comedy, and I want to get to your, uh, to your fabulous podcast as yes, well, because I yes. know that that's what you're all about these days. But um, I and wanna, comedy and comedy and comedy. Yes, honey. Book a bitch. Book a bitch. That's right. But I want to just I want to clear the air with you, Keith. Price. Yes, baby. There's something I've been wanting to say to you for a long time, and say it. I feel like what better place than on, on the, the radio, radio show with, with <laughs> in public, countless strangers listening. Right. And it is this: what I have. I swear on my life and the life of my family, I have never had anything but positive feelings toward you and about you. Mm-hmm. I've never had any issue with you. I've never disliked you. I've never had any resentment. The truth was I didn't know you that well for many years, but I, right. what I knew I liked. Okay. I feel like there was a third party mm-hmm. for a number of years there, a stand-up comedian that we both know who was working mm-hmm. very hard to poison the well between us. 
and was feeding us both a lot of poison about the other. Very, very interesting. This is someone I no longer speak to, by the way. Someone with Truly. whom I've uh, for five years I've cut off all contact with him. Wow. Well, now I'm lost. Who the fuck are we talking about? It doesn't None matter. Of your business. It doesn't matter. But but we're, we're, we're but, but it wasn't just here. you, Keith. It right. was an, anyone that was anyone that was a mutual acquaintance who worked in stand up. Mm-hmm. He fed them shit about me that I supposedly said about them, which I never did, and vice versa, because his um, strategy was divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. And sabotage, and, I, and when I wow. finally realized he was doing that, it took me way too long. I, I, I literally, Christ, I didn't even man. tell him I was cutting him off. I just, just blocked him on Facebook and Twitter, and never spoke to him again. And the fact that he never once reached out and said, "Oh my God, why did you do this?" Expl- was all the, the the confession I needed. Interesting. It just confirmed that everything I I was. Wow. Okay. Well, I will say that I at the very beginning. When we first started to interact, this is probably, this was before Starlight? Probably right before Starlight. Right in the middle of Starlight, actually. And like we're talking early 2000s. Early 2000s. And I remember you and I did a comedy show at Caroline's one year. It was a, during the gay pride thing. Mm-hmm. And we didn't know who, who, who anyone really was. It was just like, I knew like maybe Michael Brill, who might have been there, and right. somebody else. And, uh, and David Hodorowski, that's right. Mm-hmm. So those are the only two people that I know there, and I've heard see these names. I'm like, well, you know, I've been doing my show all this time. I don't know who these people are. And so then I remember you were in the green room, and you were talking about how you can't believe that the picture that they used for the press was the one with you and naked, basically, with your hands over your crotch. Yes. And I stood there, and I was like, Okay, has anybody had a chance to say to him that usually when you send publications, especially gay ones, naked pictures of you, That's those are the ones the one that they're they gonna print. they're gonna print. Like, <laughs> how does he not know that? And then I was just like, okay, I don't know who this queen is, but I'm over her. <laughs> and that was it. That was honestly the truth. And I was like, I don't know her. So that person <laughs> I don't know her. You became a right. I, I don't know, know her. her. And then that person that you're talking about, I remember saying something to me about Something that you may have you said when the it was announced that the starlight had closed, and he's he that person said that you had said something very disparaging about me. That's a fabrication. I'm sure it is now, and I find that very interesting because I had a, a really good friend of mine who met that same person for the first time, never knew anything about him, knew very little about him as a comedian, and literally within. 10 seconds pegged him for being exactly the way that you yeah. described him to be. And that was 10, 15 years ago. Keith, he fucked up so many of my relationships that to this day, I'm still checking in with people and going like, do, do you know that I don't dislike you and I've never had... <laughs> and, and then I kept thinking, I, why does this bitch... I know she ain't trying to come for me, right? And then, and, then, and then, you know, the best part though for me with that whole scenario is, is that when we finally did like meet and started to talk and hang out and be around each other it was with a different friend it was with Kareth yes and when Kareth whom told me I how, adore when she was talking so much about you and I was like that cannot be the same Adam Sank I that's remember, not the bitch I, I know because I heard she don't even like me right. and, then, what, and who, I don't even know who she like, and when Kareth was like you have to meet him and I was like oh I've met him <laughs> and I'm then, not a fan. and then exactly and then it was Having to remember that people are, we are all in different places at different times. Yes. And our emotions are in different places at different times. And, you know, at that point, I was in a much different place 
Yes. You know, I was living a whole different life beyond that. And so it's like, I'm not begrudging anybody right. contact. And I'm glad that I did because that really did change the way that I saw you. That changed the way that I saw your work as a comedian because I was very iffy about you back then. <laughs> because I was thinking, you know, if he's going to show up naked, it doesn't really matter what he says. You know what I mean? <laughs> I want him, you know, I want, I, I don't want you to be a comedian who's gay and have nothing to say. Right. That was, that was where I walked into that when right. I met him. And so, over the years now, I've watched you, I've seen you do things, and I've, and consequently because of that, I've booked you to do several things, right. which comes September 6th, Hornblowers. We're going to be doing a comedy, Laughter on the River. Yeah, We'll be giving you more, difficult, more information about that as well. I can't wait. Um, but you see what I'm saying? Like, so it was a matter of having to actually get to you and actually get to you from a source that isn't a poison source. That's right. Kareth is the opposite. She's a, a an angel. So and yeah. so I don't want to belabor it, but the point is, since I've cut that person out of my life, mm -hmm. you and I have become closer. We've done each other's shows. You book me. I book you. I, you're always a joy to work with. You're 100% professional. And I'm just... I'm happy that we are where we are, but I also just felt like I needed to, I need to fucking clean, clean up that room. mess that someone else made and let you know that there was never anything f Aww. coming from me but love for you. Well, uh, you truly, I'm I'm glad to hear that. I'm so glad to hear that. I'm so glad that we're having this kind of moment because, like you know, I, you know, we we kind of emailed back and forth about how we thought this was going to all turn out, and I'm glad that it is this way because, you know, it you've come a long way, I've come a long way, mm -hmm. and we've had so many different experiences now. Most of them sexual. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> and now that I'm single, honey, I'm trying to get back to all of them. Hey! Um, but the thing is, is like we have, you know, like I was watching Elaine Stritch today as one does on a Sunday, <laughs> singing I'm Still Here, that Sondheim clip where she's in all the red. Mm -hmm. And again, when she gets to that line, I've run the gamut A to Z. You know, it's like for the time that I've lived in New York, I have gotten to do a lot of really great, fascinating things and have met a lot of fabulous, fascinating people, and it's great to still have contact with them when they're still doing what they do. Well, that, that dovetails perfectly into what you're doing now, yes. which is your Curtain Call podcast, which is available on iTunes, on Google Play, on Sound YouTube, loud. on Sound... I mean, every streaming device, anywhere you can... If, yeah. you, can buy, if you buy an old tape recorder, you can hear <laughs> Keith Price's Curtain Call. That shit is everywhere. For the once. And you, uh, you have an amazing job that you've created for yourself because you get to go to every show and every... It feels like you're always on the red carpet. You're at every opening and you get to meet all the stars and yeah. talk to them about what they're working on. Yeah. It's a great... You know, that's that's the great passion. That's like finding a place for the passion in my life. Was Cheetah the highlight? What 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 are some of the oh my god the Cheetah, best experiences you've had? Uh, uh, Kristen Chenoweth is one of my favorites because now when we see each other, it's like oh my god, Kristen, oh my god, Keith, and it's like you know I have to pinch myself as I'm walking over to her like hey girl, You're like, like Kristen Chenoweth is my best friend. Exactly, totally. We're gonna hang out. I swear to God. And do we have know, that clip, Katie? Here's a little bit of Keith oh. with Kristen Chenoweth. I've had to end things with people I've been in love with mm -hmm. because I knew it wasn't going to work, right? And obviously I've been on the receiving end of that too and it doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. But it is interesting to sing about someone that you love that you're not that you're not with and the lyric, you know, I get along with without you very well. Of course I do, except when soft rains fall and drip from leaves, then I recall the thrill of being sheltered in your arms. It's the tiny moments in life that make us recall the greatest joy and the greatest pain. And um, 
Yeah, so I know who my person is. Mm-hmm. We always have that one, right? Mm-hmm. And um, that's what I had in mind when I sang. Ugh. She has the greatest voice. Isn't Doesn't she? The she? Best. She's, She's the best. She's like honey dripping off a, <sighs> off a scoop you know, of ice cream. And, and so nice. And just so nice. You know what I mean? And, and I feel very privileged when I get to sit down and talk to folks like her or like with Cheetah or, you know, see B.B. Newworth in line and go, hey, girl, you remember that time that we had that thing at the other thing? And, oh, you're so funny. Or, you know, or walking on a, we were, I remember once, uh, during the visit, remember the visit with Cheetah? With Cheetah Rivera, yeah, yeah, and sh- the they had a put-in rehearsal for their her stand-in, which was Donna McKechnie. Mm. And so I walked in during the put-in rehearsal, and I saw Donna McKechnie on stage, and I was like, trying to be calm and like rational. Those cast the original Cassie from a chorus line. Um, I remember just standing there, going, "Oh my God, I have to actually pretend that I don't see her." <laughs> right, right. You have to act chill around. Donna I have McKechnie. to be calm and not want to just. You know, do like a quick sachet, shimmy, chenet turn or something in front of her. I just have to, I just have to hold it together. Yeah. That shit's hard. What's <laughs> been, what's been your favorite uh, musical of this current season for, for the people that, who might be visiting oh, New York wow. anytime soon? For this past season, my favorite, believe it or not, wasn't the winner. I really loved Come From Away. That was my favorite. Uh, I haven't last seen season. it yet. That was my favorite. I liked, beautiful. Enjoyed Dear Evan Hansen, but I really loved Come From Away. Come From Away is, a, is the true story of a, a little town up in Newfoundland mm-hmm. that um, after the planes were all grounded uh, after the 9-11 attacks, um, many of them landed in this little tiny airport in Newfoundland. And a town of six thousand had to accommodate what was it like nine thousand people? Yeah, people, and and it's a it's a really hopeful story. It's a beautiful, beautiful story, and it's done so well, and the performances are also great. It's like the beautiful ensemble of people. It's it, it was really a great show, but I really did I enjoyed Dear Evan Hansen. I liked it a lot. I loved it. Um, I'm worried about him. I think he between the sweating and the crying. Uh, that goes on. I feel like he he's must be terribly dehydrated, much <laughs> as I am right now. I'm sure he's just fine. Ben Platt got that down, locked down very very well. He's a nice guy too. I chatted with him very very briefly right before the show opened, and that was like what in September October. He seems like a doll, yeah. and, and that that is probably the most remarkable performance I've ever seen. It's a beautiful one. Beautiful. I didn't know you were such a theater queen until you started doing this. I really didn't. Really? I mean, I knew you loved theater, but no more than the average. Yeah. yeah, on the street. I'm all in it now, man. And I love, like, this time of the year is really great because this is a time when Off-Broadway starts to kind of perk up and you get to see those really cute, fun, interesting shows that you hear about that sometimes make the transfer over to Broadway come the next season if they're, you know, people So what, like what, what's the next big thing in your opinion? Oh, my God. Well, the next show, actually, I'll tell you the next show that I'm going to see is uh, this show called the, A Curvy Widow. Hmm. Sounds ridiculous, but I met the woman that the show is based on, and it's like this 60-something-year-old broad who basically has been living her life online for like the last like 10, 15 years in a <laughs> scandal that she has gotten herself into. Like the hooker in South Carolina. Exactly. And Dayton Millionaires in the top of it. And I was like, I, I like you a lot. Yeah. The music is kitschy. The direction is really cool. Peter Flynn, who I love and adore. Aisha DeHaas is in it. Um, Nancy Opal is in it. You know Nancy Opal? Yes, of course. She's fabulous. Um, so it's, it's something to look forward to. That's what I'm looking at. I haven't seen it yet, but it's something I'm looking forward to. In the time remaining, how do people listen to the podcast and how do they find you on all of your various social media? Perfect. Well, you can go to KeithPriceCurtainCall.com and that's where the iTunes page is. It lives. You can go to iTunes and you can find me there. You can also find me online at, on Twitter at, uh, at KP Curtain Call. 
You can also find my comedy daddy at Curtain Call. I mean, yes. on Twitter as well because I'm back to doing comedy. Um, at the same time, too, if you would like to help support my my podcast because it is free, but there is a lot of, of studio time. Got to pay the bills. Got to pay those bills. And it would be great if people could support me by joining me on Patreon and coming to my page, patreon.com slash Keith Price Curtain Call. P-A-T-R-I. P-A-T-R-E-O-N. There you go. Keith Price, I love you. I love you, I will too. always love you. You know it's Thank for you real for coming now. on. Thank you for having me. It was me. a real treat. You guys, Keith Price, uh, Curtain Call. Make sure you check his podcast out. It's fabulous. Next week, we will be talking to Scott Hernandez, realtor to the stars and also my non-sexual life partner. Plus, what does it mean to be gender non-conforming? And what pronouns are we supposed to use for these people? Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, at Adam Sank. Ask Adam anything at uh, Adam at AdamSank.com. Download my comedy album, Adam Sank Live from the Stonewall Inn. I just said Adam Sank a hundred times. Thank you, ADD Jeff, Katie, Lexi, JB, and to all of you for listening. Tune in next week for another episode. And have a great week, bitches. <laughs>